We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. This is the LakersNation.com live postgame show. Coming in from YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. You already know the Lakers have been officially eliminated from the NBA playoffs. They lost to the Phoenix Suns. Meanwhile, the Denver Nuggets found a way to lose to the Spurs to guarantee that the Lakers were on their way out. The Spurs have now clinched the final play-in spot. Rough end what's been a brutal season. Only four wins so far for the Lakers since the All-Star break. That's right, since the middle of February. They've only won four times, and that's led them to this place. So we've got plenty to talk about, plenty of things to break down, plenty of things to discuss, a lot of things to look forward to this offseason. They do still have more games left on the schedule, three more games to play, but of course, those games no longer matter so much. Could matter a little bit in LeBron's chase to win the scoring title. But that's about it. LeBron did not play tonight against the Phoenix Suns. Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook did. The Lakers did what they could to try to stay close. But ultimately, the Suns were just too good. By the way, we should also mention the Suns played everybody after resting most of their guys against the Thunder. They made sure they played their whole team tonight to end the Lakers season. Appreciate all of you joining me live. Again, as you can see, this is a solo show. But I always say it's not really just me, it's me and all of you. So again, if you're coming in from YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, welcome in. I'll take your questions and comments throughout the night. If you are listening to the Apple Podcast, Spotify, whatever, the podcast version of this, make sure you do give us that review over on Apple Podcast. really does help the show, and we do appreciate it. You can also subscribe over there. I uh, love reading reading uh, your, your reviews that are on there, the five-star ratings, all of that. That's absolutely fantastic stuff. And... Still pushing to get the Lakers Nation YouTube channel to the next level. So if you haven't done so yet, please make sure you subscribe. All right, let's get into it. So the Lakers lose final score in this one, 121 to 110. Anthony Davis puts up 21 points and 13 boards. Just a fine performance from him. 13 boards, one assist, one steal, one block. But again, not enough against a Suns team that's been the best team in the NBA all season long. The Suns, by the way, don't have to do anything. They've locked into the top seed, didn't have to win this game, but did decide that they wanted to make sure that they got the Lakers out. 28 points for Russell Westbrook, five boards, three assists, six turnovers. Again, just a fine performance. Russ, 10 of 20 shooting. Avery Bradley in the starting five, and Austin Reeves made a case for why that should not be the be what's happening. Austin Reeves finally gets minutes after being benched for the last few games. And guess what he did? Six for 10 shooting, two of six from three, four boards, six assists, 18 points for Austin Reeves. Well played from him. Wound up getting 31 minutes and certainly made an argument for playing in these final three games. He had been benched. Nice to see Austin Reeves bounce back in a big way. Carmelo Anthony did not shoot all that well. Three for 10, 10 points for him. And that's it. That's it for double figures side for Dwight Howard, 10 and 7. No other Laker was in double figures on the night. The Lakers shot 45% from the field, 31% from three. That was not good enough to keep pace with the Suns. Lakers also committed 16 turnovers, gave up 11 offensive rebounds to Phoenix. Tough to win a game like that. 
Let's see what's going on here in the chat. Some people saying, thank you, Suns, for ending our terrible season. Yeah, I mean, look, we knew what was happening. At this point, we knew going into the night that even though mathematically the Lakers weren't eliminated, that they were essentially eliminated, right? It wasn't going to happen. Um, again, they've only won four games since the All-Star break. In fact, the article that came out today, which I have a feeling we're going to talk a lot about, uh, from Bleacher Report uh, by, by Jake Fisher, said that the Spurs did not intend to make a push for the play-in. That was not their plan. They weren't going to do that. But the Lakers just refused to win games. The Lakers just kept losing and losing and losing. And finally, the Spurs just went, okay, if this is just going to fall into our laps, then all right, let's go go get this thing. But the Lakers just kept losing to the point where the Spurs had no choice but to just might as well go try and, and get into the play-in. It was not what they set out to do, but they the Lakers just kind of threw it to them, said, here you go, you take it, because we are not going to win basketball games. Uh, let's see, Esham, I heard something on ESPN. If Westbrook picks up his $47 million option, he can't be traded for six months. That would be the case if he was signing a new contract. If he was signing a new contract, he wouldn't be trade eligible for six months. That's not going to be the case with picking up an option. An option is different. So, for example, uh, Montrezl Harrell last season, a very similar situation. Montrezl Harrell had a player option for a second season on his contract, picked it up within, I believe it was within a day or two, of him picking up that that player option, he got traded in the deal to get Russell Westbrook. So that is not true. Um, if he was signing a new contract, that would be the case. It wouldn't necessarily be six months. It's typically December 15th is the date that you have to wait um, to, to sign or to, to be traded. So that's what we'd be looking at if Russ was signing a new contract. Because he's picking up a player option, that it will not be the case. He will be trade eligible as soon as he picks up that option. Uh, John Robertson Dow, we don't care about LeBron's scoring crown. Too selfish. Only playing against manageable opponents just to preserve his good stats. Well, at this point, at this point, do we fault LeBron for going after a scoring title right now when we're clearly they're eliminated? Would you fault LeBron if he took like Joel Embiid? How many shots did he take tonight? 30, 35, something like that. Would you fault LeBron if he did that in the next few games? Would that be a bad thing? Embiid took 30, 30 shots tonight. Would that not be a good thing for the Lakers. Curious to see what the takes are from, from Lakers Nation on that one. I wouldn't fault him for a couple of reasons because the only games, those four games that the Lakers have won, they've all had one thing in common. LeBron has gone nuclear scoring the basketball. That's what it takes right now for the Lakers to win games. So I think you kind of kill two birds with one stone because you could potentially pick up a win, which I would still like to see Lakers wins to finish out the season, and LeBron can improve his standing in the scoring race. I think you have to have both of those things, so I wouldn't fault LeBron. I understand maybe it's a little bit unseemly, and you might say it's coming at the expense of team success, but that's just not been the case. The Lakers have, in fact, needed him, needed him to score that many points in order for them to, to get it going, uh, to get a win. RBB, one, two, three, Tahiti. I just went. Go to Bora Bora too, Trev. I am. I am in August. I'm actually, that's uh, Bora. Well, I'm going to be going right next to, to Bora Bora there in, in Tahiti. That's where that's where I'm taking my vacation, but not now. Not now. I got to wait until uh, uh, till we get through the offseason and all that kind of craziness because there's still plenty going on in the world of the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, Dave said, worst season in Lakers history. Yes, Dave, this is it. This is it. This is the worst. This is officially the worst season in Lakers history. And I know record-wise they've had worse seasons, but relative to expectations, plus we don't have the silver lining of a draft pick. Yes, this is the worst. This is the worst season uh, in Lakers history. Michael with a super chat. Can't fight, can't fault Joel. They're winning. Braun doesn't care about this team. Either, either we love the Lakers or the individual Lakers forever. I don't know that we have evidence that LeBron doesn't care about the team, but I know that, you know, some people are not fans of his and that's just kind of the way, the way that it goes. Mike E fire Vogel. Yeah. But how does LA keep this front office that assembled this mess of a team? Yeah. Vogel. I think that's, that's done. The uh, Fisher uh, piece from today echoed that Vogel is gone at the end of the season. I would be shocked if anything else happened. I I'm assuming Frank Vogel is gone at the conclusion of the season. 
I think that was already set in stone last summer, aside from the Lakers potentially winning a championship this year when they only gave Vogel a one-year contract extension. Essentially, for a coach, the writing's on the wall when you do that. When you do that, you it's a it's a no you're not providing a vote of confidence there. So pretty clear that he was going to be on the way out. This just cemented it. Having the worst season ever, that's it. He's he's gone. The front office, what I would like to see happen, because I agree, I don't think the front office will change over in terms of getting rid of Rob Palenka, getting rid of Curtin Linda Rambis, getting rid, you know, Jeannie Buss isn't going to get rid of herself. Um, I agree with that. Don't think they're going to get rid of those guys. What I would like to see is them bring in another voice, uh, bring in somebody specifically who's very, very cap focused. And I'm not saying that he's not, that Palinka is not cap focused, but I think you need someone specifically to look at these moves because there've been some minor details that the Lakers have missed. And those minor details have kind of added up to some bigger things. When we look at Taylor Horton Tucker contract, Austin Reeves contract, uh, those sorts of things. So I would like to see another voice come in there. I don't think it's going to happen, but that's what I'd like to see. Anakep Mohan, thanks, Trevor, for covering this entire season. Well, appreciate it. And we're not done. Remember, we're not done. We still have some games left, but I do appreciate that. Somebody said minor. Well, yeah, they're minor in that we saw the Lakers give THT a two-year contract as a rookie instead of a three-year and have another year of team control. That's relative. Look, if he doesn't work out, that's a minor thing, right? It's not a certain, like when you do that, it's not a certainty that that's going to come back to haunt you. Um, same thing with Austin Reeves. Those are relatively minor things for an undrafted player and a second round pick. But yeah, that's, but it ultimately came back to haunt the Lakers. They had to pay THT a year earlier than they probably would have needed to otherwise. Uh, Hulk Smash said, old guys need to be gone. This team needs a serious overhaul, embarrassment, and abomination. Side note, THT is getting paid $9 million. Uh, shaking my head, hate this team. Understand the frustration. And yes, I do believe there's going to be some really major moves made this offseason. I think there's going to be a major overhaul. I think this team is going to look very, very different next season. I think that's going to be the case. Mook Morris said, it sucks we're missing the playoffs, but changes must happen to the coach roster and coaching staff. What would you like to see happen in the offseason? I think it all comes down to what the Lakers do with Russell Westbrook. That is going to inform everything else that they do. Do they have to buy out and waive Russell Westbrook and stretch him? Do they do that? Do they find a trade? And if they do find a trade, what are they getting back? That, the, that decision, that's the biggest thing hanging over the franchise right now in terms of player movement, it's what do you do with Russ? And then you go from there with everything. If you get some pieces back that are bigger wings, that would be ideal. Um, if you don't, if you don't, then you got to go find those things. I think that's that's my biggest thing. If I'm Rob Palenka, I'm building this team moving forward around the very simple blueprint that I've been talking about for a while now. You need guys with the skill set of doing two things, shoot threes and defend. You need guys who can do those two things around LeBron and Anthony Davis, and you look for size. You look for guys who can play on the wing with size so you can play small with AD at the five when you need to and not be undersized at the point guard, at the shooting guard, at the small forward. That's how the Lakers started tonight. Avery Bradley, Russell Westbrook, and Malik Monk, you're undersized at all of those wing positions. You're undersized there. And so I would like to see the Lakers go back to the blueprint that worked, that won a championship, we're going to be bigger, faster, stronger than everybody else. We're going to trust the ball in LeBron's hands. And we're going to try to find guys who can just hit open shots and can defend like crazy for us. That's the blueprint. Let's get back to that. Let's see what else we've got here. Key Grammy said, bad season, bad times in my life. Oh, I, I hate to hear that. I hate to hear that. Uh, bad times in my life. But I can always count on you to be there. Thanks, Trevor. Well, appreciate you tuning in. Definitely. And, and hopefully the bad times in your life do, do get better. Do get better. Uh, Andrew P., are Johnson, Reeves, et cetera, playing in Summer League? I don't know yet. I don't know. Selfishly, I hope so. Uh, I would like to see them play in Summer League because I'll, I'll be there. But I don't know yet. Um, that's not a decision that's been made as of this point. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, let's see. B. Woods, let's be real. The unsung hero of the championship season was the COVID outbreak. LeBron or AD will not play enough games to get back to that level. Disagree about as strongly as I possibly can. So LeBron and AD, if we go back to the COVID season, if you're saying, oh, the Lakers were only healthy because of the COVID break. Well, if you actually remember that season, remember that. Giannis had just gotten hurt right before COVID hit and shut everything down. Giannis had just gotten injured. The Lakers had just beat the Bucs and beat the Clippers on the same weekend, right before COVID shut everything down. And the Lakers going into the bubble, what did that mean? That meant they lost home court advantage, which they had fought for all season, just poof, gone in an instant. I don't think this was a, that season was a COVID shut everything down and so the Lakers were healthy. They were healthy when things were shut down. Other teams were not. Other teams were not. So I don't think I can agree with that. That Lakers team was really hitting their stride. And there was a lot of concern about that. Like, man, this team was playing great. And then somebody pulled the cord out of the wall. COVID shut everything down. John Robertson Dow. Oh, well, if Fisher's right, this Lakers team was really an embarrassment. We'll talk about a few different things that, that he went into, but uh, see why not the Clippers being a great run team is a blessing in disguise because it will not allow the Lakers to be cheap and incompetent ever again. Well, there's competition for you, right? Potentially that is a glass is half full look at it, right? That the Clippers being run well is going to force the Lakers to realize the error of their ways and, and fix some things. Maybe would like to see that. All right. John Mercado said, John Robertson Dow is my hero. Filipino pride. See you in October, Lakers Nation. Yep, we will be right back here. Embiid for MVP. Suns, predicting the Suns will be the 2022 champs. I mean, they've been the best team the regular season. Wouldn't surprise me if they did win the whole thing. Are we doing watch-alongs during the playoffs? Tony, I'm going to talk about that a little bit tomorrow. We do have uh, I do have a meeting with Playback tomorrow, who's the the company we've been doing the play-by-plays with. Uh, I'll probably do some with, with Keith Smith. We'll do the front office show, uh, and we'll do some of those. And we may do some for Lakers Nation as, as well. But uh, those have, have been a lot of fun. They've been a success. So it is something that I like to continue doing. For those of you who have joined us on those, they've been an absolute blast. Uh, John Robinson Dow, Vogel took that one-year extension. It's an insult. He's not a professional well, he didn't have other options. He didn't have other options. And he was signing on for a team that could potentially win a championship. That was the best case scenario for Vogel, right? He either he wins a championship this season, everything goes great. And then he's only got a year left on his deal and he can make even more money. That's obviously not the way things went, but that's what the Lakers would offer him. That's what the Lakers would offer him. Matty James said, what do you think about the comments Magic made towards LeBron in regards to getting Russ instead of DeRozan and being able to retain some players? Okay, so a lot of that came out. Magic went on his media blitz yesterday. Matt the Optimist Peralta and I did a video on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Uh, Went out this morning. The podcast version went out last night. Um, So you can listen to that or you can watch that. We went in-depth into our thoughts there. But to sum it up, essentially, Magic was completely, ridiculously, laughably wrong about a few things, particularly the cap space stuff. There's no chance, no way, it is not possible for the Lakers to have gotten Buddy Heald, DeMar DeRozan, kept Alex Caruso, kept Contavious Caldwell-Pope. I I don't know if he was just, he just misspoke. 
or if he really thought that was possible, it's not. It's not possible for the Lakers to have done that. That doesn't mean he's wrong, though, in that looking back, the Lakers made the wrong decision in going with Russell Westbrook over DeMar DeRozan. Did DeMar DeRozan want to become a Laker? Probably, yeah. DeRozan's even said as much. Uh, should the Lakers have gone that route? Looking at it now, yes, they should have. Yes, they should have. If you think back to that time, there were question marks about DeRozan. There were question marks about the fit. Doesn't shoot threes. Doesn't defend well. This was the discussion we were having back then. Obviously, now we look back and we can say, yes, they should have gone with DeMar DeRozan. Clearly, DeRozan's been great this season. Clearly, they should have done that. At the time, there were a number of question marks. And at the time, before the Lakers made the Westbrook move and before the Lakers made the decision on Caruso, a big part of the discussion was, well, if you trade for Buddy Heald, you trade for a Russell Westbrook, the benefit is you don't trigger a hard cap, which means you can spend what you need to to keep THD keep Alex Caruso, keep those guys in the fold. If you trade for DeMar DeRozan, it's sign and trade, which triggers a hard cap and therefore limits your spending. The Lakers, though, went the Russell Westbrook route and then also effectively hard capped themselves by not being willing to spend. So they took the benefit of not having a hard cap and they said, no, thank you. No, we're going to effectively hard cap ourselves by not spending. That was the Lakers' own choice and that was a mistake. KM said, and, and by the, again, go watch that video. I went, we went way further into detail into it, into what Magic was saying and how that all broke down with the DeMar DeRozan, Russell Westbrook, Buddy Heald situation. Um, KM, is this a pick swap year with New Orleans? No, this is a, they get the pick year. Next year is a pick swap. This year, the Lakers have no picks. They have no first, no second. Maybe they can figure out a way to buy a second in the draft, something like that, but no picks this year for the Lakers, which makes it sting that much more. All right, let's see what else we've got. Andrew P., Magic also said on ESPN, we're keeping Russ next year. Now, Magic was talking about not wanting to part with a future first-round pick in order to get rid of Russell Westbrook. We don't know what options will be out there. We don't know what that's going to look like. But we know the Lakers are going to do what they can to move on from Russ. We've heard about Russ not wanting to be back next year. All of those things will matter. I think the Lakers will do everything in their power to move him. Uh, might they ultimately buy him out and stretch him? Maybe. Would be a little bit of a surprise. I think if they did have to bring him back, they'd probably just be looking to try to move him by the trade deadline. I would be surprised if he was back, but I don't I don't think that's option one for the Lakers is bring him back, Russ. I don't think that's going to be a thing because it's going to limit your spending so much elsewhere. Mook Morris, do you think it's best to just let LeBron rest and nurse his injury for the rest of the season? Keep Glenn Rivers away from this team. That's Doc. Yeah, Doc was a name that came up. Uh, Doc Rivers as a potential coaching candidate for the Lakers if the 76ers let him go, which has already been kind of rumored that if they don't do what they were expecting to do this year, like if the 76ers don't win at all this year, Doc could be on the way out. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, as far as LeBron sitting out and resting, I don't think he needs to. Like, if he, if winning the scoring title matters to him, I think you let him play. Let him play a couple of games down the stretch here. The the final, let him play two more of the final three games, and then off he goes. Uh, you're heading into an off season. He'll have plenty of time to rest and recover. I'm not worried about that. Uh, do the Pelicans officially have our pick now? I believe so. I would have to go look at the exact standings, but uh, I believe they do. I believe they will have that pick uh, from the Lakers. It will not. It was a top 10 protected pick, so it will likely go to the Pelicans and not the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, obviously, if a couple of people behind the Lakers jumped up, like if the 13 and 14 jumped into the lottery, then maybe that would push the Lakers back. But most likely, yeah, the Pelicans will have that pick. Uh, let's see. John Robertson Dow. Shout out to John Mercado. Thanks for the postgame show. Oh, you're welcome. Welcome. Let's see what else we've got. Anthony said, do you see LeBron and AD playing the last two games? I would I would like to see them play them. I'd like to. You know what? I'd, I'd just like to see them go out with some wins. I know it maybe it doesn't matter much, but I'd like to see go out with something. You know, they've only won four games since, since uh, the All-Star break. Go out with a couple of wins. Give us something positive, at least heading into, heading into uh, the offseason. That's what I would prefer to see. 
Uh, NGM said the Lakers are not an attractive coaching destination because if they have been disrespectful towards previous coaches and they have an aging roster, you know, this got brought up in our, uh, our play-by-play tonight. People say, why would people want to coach the Lakers? The fans turn on them as soon as they're not winning. That's, that's true of every fan base though. As soon as things are not going the right way, the coach gets targeted first. That's usually what winds up happening. So it's interesting. I think there's going to be some options out there. I honestly think every coach on the on the market is going to get connected with the Lakers because that's what happens with free agents too. Um, I think they're going to have options at the head coaching job, but I don't know. I can't say that those are going to be the best, best options. Might there be a few coaches that'll say, eh, we'd rather stay away. Sure, maybe. But uh, but I think there's going to be plenty. Of, there's only so many NBA jobs out there. They're going to have options. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Maddie James, definitely think the Lakers should do what they can to keep Stanley Reeves and Monk next season, especially if we get none on his player option. I've got some good news for you. Um... Three of those guys are back next year if the Lakers want them back. None has already been reported to be picking up his player option, which is not a surprise. So unless the Lakers trade him, he's back. And then Stanley Johnson has a contract for next year. Uh, the Lakers just have to pick up that team option. Reeves, same thing, team option. So both should be back. Uh, Monk, that's going to be the tough one. Monk, it came out in the Fisher piece that most around the NBA are expecting him to get somewhere between 5 to $10 million. If it's the lower end of that, 5 the Lakers can get there. With their taxpayer mid-level, if it's 10, they can't. And so that's where it would necessitate moving Russell Westbrook or stretching him in order to make something happen there for Monk. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Carlo Abadia said, who takes the biggest share of the blame pie? Good question. In chat, I'm sure a lot of you have some responses to this. Who is to blame the most for this Lakers season? I'm going to go, I'm going to say the front office because of the construction of this team. But if we're being truthful, if we're looking at a big picture, I think there's blame to go around everywhere. The players, the coaches, the front office, clutch sports, they all deserve some blame. But ultimately, even if LeBron is pushing, saying, hey, make this Westbrook trade, it's the decision of Rob Blink, it's the decision of Jeannie Buss, it's the decision of the front, front office, whether or not they're going to do that. They assembled this roster, they targeted these players, it did not work. Again, LeBron deserves blame. AD deserves blame. The players deserve blame. The players who didn't go all out in games against Portland earlier in the season, and the Thunder, the Rockets, that, that just choked away winnable games that were just sitting right there, handed to them, and they said, no, thank you. Everybody deserves blame in this situation. But I look at the, the roster construction as the biggest problem for the Lakers, and so I'll go with the front office. Book Morris, which head coach would you like to see hired? Oh, man, which head coach? It depends on who's available. I would like to see someone who can come in and bring some semblance of an offensive system, hopefully without sacrificing too much on the defense. But we've seen a lot for years. I mean, literally years. This was a thing with Byron Scott. It was a thing with Luke Walton where we've seen offensive stagnation, particularly off the ball for the Lakers. I would like to see that changed. We saw that tonight even. I'd like to see more movement off the ball. I'd like to see somebody who can really get the team flying. I would like to see more showtime. That includes defense. You need defense in order to get out and run. But I would like to see a more definitive offensive system for this Lakers team. So whoever can bring that, that's what I'd be looking for. 
Andre, Trevor, what would need to happen for Chris Paul to be a Laker? Hypothetical. That's not going to happen. The Suns aren't going to trade him to the Lakers. That's that's not happening. There's not even a hypothetical or anything like that. Ricardo said, Trevor, if in an alternate reality, we paid Caruso or kept Gasol, what position would this team be in realistically? Um, if you kept Caruso, I would say there'd be at least a few wins better, which would probably put them in the play-in tournament. I think they would have been able to withstand some of the injuries the team suffered. And I think Caruso would have been a better fit. Now, you could also argue, though, that if they kept Caruso, would Malik Monk have signed if he saw that as a, a roadblock in terms of minutes? Maybe not. So maybe there's a domino effect there. But if you just added Caruso to this roster, I think it's probably a few wins better. And then we're probably talking about the team getting into the play-in tournament. That's what I'm looking at. Now, I think if you just brought back, if you just go back and instead of making these big, massive changes, if you just did the Buddy Heald move to bring in, that was Kyle Kuzma and Trez for Buddy Heald, you only do that move and then you just bring back the rest of the team and you say, look, this team last year was good. Injuries derailed them. Let's run it. Let's add a shooter and run it back. If you had just done that, I think this would be a very solid playoff team right now. I think COVID, I think injuries would have stopped them from being a top tier team, but I think they would very easily be a playoff team right now. Uh, JSD, who do you think will win the finals this year? I'm looking at Milwaukee as the team that I think wins it all, uh, wins it again. I think that they've got a team that can, that can get that done. Uh, I think my, the way I'm looking at the playoffs right now, I, it would be fun to see Memphis go on a run. I'm really looking at it though, as anyone but the Celtics and the Clippers, anybody but the Celtics or the Clippers. And I'm okay with it. I'm okay with that. Uh, the Clippers maybe getting Kawhi back. That could make them dangerous if they have Kawhi, Norman Powell, Paul George. Yeah, don't forget the Blazers just handed over, said, here you go, Clippers. Take Norman Powell, take Robert Covington. You can have them. Don't even really give us anything. Yikes. Um, they're going to be good. They're going to be good. So I'm really just going into it with that mindset. But in the East, I'm going to say the Bucks make it through. I, I, I wouldn't surprise me if we got Bucks Suns again in the, in the finals. Wouldn't surprise me. DeAndre Brown, why didn't they trade for John Wall when they had the chance? So what is the Lakers uh, seem desperate? Teams make tough decisions to, oh, so what if the Lakers seem desperate? Tough teams make tough decisions to win championships. You hadn't seen John Wall play in, a, play in a year. This may come up again this summer as a potential deal for the Lakers, something with John Wall. But the Lakers didn't want to add a first round pick to Russ in order to just swap out John Wall without any kind of certainty that John Wall is better than Russell Westbrook. Uh, and that's, I was in agreement with that. I thought that was the right decision to make. If it's going to cost you a future first, and then you get John Wall and you don't know that he's better. You don't know that you're getting an upgrade and you may have sacrificed one of your only trade assets that you have left. Now I'm not doing that. I need to know I'm making my team better. If I'm going to part with an asset like that, if the Rockets say, Hey, future second rounder and we'll do it. Okay. Maybe even a pick swap. You might consider it. But yeah, I, I don't fault the Lakers for not doing the John Wall trade. I do think it's going to be a thing, though, again this year. I think we're going to hear more John Wall for Russell Westbrook rumors this summer. I think we're going to hear more of that because it's just they've got they've got essentially the same contract. Makes it a little bit easier. Makes it a little bit easier to make a move like that. All right, I've got a lot more to get into. A few people asking about winning time. We are going to get into that. Laptop, it's over. I feel like I'm 16 and just got fired from Abercrombie and Fitch. Did that actually happen? You got fired from Abercrombie and Fitch? Is that a negative? I'm assuming that that she got fired. Um, I'm at a point now where it's felt like the Lakers were, it felt like this is, was coming for so long that I'm not too upset because I've had time to kind of accept it. Uh, that's where I'm at personally, but yeah, I know... Some Lakers fans may not quite be there. Uh, John Robertson Dow said the front office gets the blame because there are lots of small players on the roster. Yeah, they, they, they did not have enough size this year. Isham said a new Lakers coach has to be a yes man to LeBron. He can't have a spine. Well, that's, that's going to be part of the thing too is what is LeBron going to do? Is LeBron signing an extension? He can sign it as soon as August. 
Is he going to sign an extension or are we going into next year looking at potentially LeBron's last year with the Lakers? Is that what's going to happen? Because the Lakers kind of need to know. LeBron might not tell them, by the way. He might just expect them to build a team around him and then decide whether or not he wants to extend his deal. But if you're the Lakers, do you really want to build a team around LeBron, getting the guys he wants, giving up the future picks in 2027, 2029? You need to in order to do so and then find out LeBron's only staying for another year. There's got to be some trust and there's got to be some understanding there from both sides with LeBron and a potential extension. Um, as far as the relationship with LeBron, yeah, the Lakers, it's not a player organization relation. It's not a player employer relationship with or employer employee relationship with LeBron and the Lakers. It's a partnership. That's the way they're looking at it. It is different than what you see with a lot of other players. Anthony Davis has the same relationship with the Lakers. To some, that is, that's not a positive thing, um, but that's that's what it is. That's what it is. Northern Watcher said, now that the season's over, I was wondering if you've watched Winning Time on HBO. If so, it'd be interesting to hear your perspective. Episode breakdown as a diehard Lakers fan. Yeah, I mean, that might be something else. That might be something that we can do. Uh, as far as doing an episode breakdown of that show. Yes, I have been watching it. I have enjoyed it. It's been good. I can say my my wife, who my wife is a Lakers fan. Um, she she'll watch some games this season. She hasn't watched as much because it hasn't been very fun to watch. So that's and that's I don't blame her for that. Um, she hasn't been that enamored with with winning time. She just hasn't really caught her attention. I think for me, it picked up with the last couple of episodes where the players got on the floor. The first episode really got me. Dr. Bus buying the team. I felt like it slowed down for a couple episodes. And then once we saw the players get out on the floor and kind of do their thing, that started to resonate more with me. So I was excited with the first one. Kind of lost me a little bit with the next couple. It was interesting, but it wasn't like, oh my gosh, I have to watch this. But seeing the team get back out, get out on the floor, I think that's really what I was waiting for. And so to me, it sort of picked up from there. And of course... I knew what was going to happen um, with uh, with the coach and the, the the accident and all that kind of stuff. So that was that was hard to watch at the end of the most recent one. But yeah, some people say the inaccuracies are bugging me. Yeah, I mean that's the other thing that we have to remember is that it's a dramatization. It's not factual. It's not factual. So yeah, that's it's just something you have to keep in mind. When you're when you're watching it, when will co coaches wear suits again? Somebody asked. Maybe never. I mean, it was something that went away during the pandemic, and I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I'm fine with it. As somebody who's coached a lot myself, I, I wouldn't want to be wearing a suit and tie on the sidelines. I'd much rather be wearing a polo shirt and uh, and be a little bit more comfortable while while coaching. Uh, Giorgio Guerra said, refund money if you're not going to read Super Chats. I am reading Super Chats. I save them and uh, and get through them as we go through. If you mentioned something else and I missed it, let me know. It's possible. Sometimes some fly, fly past me, but usually I try to save them so that we can get to them in the flow of the discussion. I should be, somebody said Trevor should be the new coach. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Somebody said, check out Russ's comments to Dave. All right. I'll have to see what he said. Vogel, Russ. I'm not seeing it popping up just yet. Russ said, obviously, it's disappointing on many levels. And let me know. Let me know if there was something else. Uh, that I was missing there from Russell's comments. Where do I think the Lakers go from here? I think there's going to be a lot of turnover. I think there's going to be a lot of turnover for for the Lakers. I think that we're going to see a very different looking roster next season, as we should, as we should. I think the mistake the Lakers made or one of the mistakes they made this offseason was too much turnover. They took a team that was pretty good, pretty good last season uh, and was felled by injuries. And they blew it up. That's not normally what you want to do when you've got a pretty good team. 
uh, especially a team that showed they could be very good when healthy. This year, though, when you have a team that has proven that they can't get it done, that's when, that's when blowing it up is warranted. DeAndre Brown, do you think Damian Lillard would be open to a trade for the Lakers, especially after CJ left, swap him for Russ and picks? I can tell you 100%, the Portland Trailblazers will not do that. And it's not just a Lakers thing. I think if and when they do ultimately trade Damian Lillard, if that happens, it will not be to the Lakers. The Blazers hate the Lakers. Blazers fans hate the Lakers. I know, Lakers fans, most of you, most of us, do not feel any particular way about the Blazers at all. It's a thing, though. Teams in the West, a lot of teams in the West, hate the Lakers. I did it. I talked about this the other day. I did a radio show in New Orleans the other day, and they were talking all about how much they hate the Lakers and asked, do the Lakers feel that way about the Pelicans? I said, no. No, we don't feel any kind of way about the Pelicans or the Blazers or any of those teams. Blazers fans hate the Lakers. That's a factor. But beyond that, the Blazers are not trading Damian Lillard this summer. The reason why they made the moves they did was to try to get enough assets to take all the stuff they got at the trade deadline and turn it into a winning team around Damian Lillard. They're going after uh, Jeremy Grant. That's already a name that's popped up. They're going to try to rebuild this thing on the fly this offseason, not by being sellers, but by being buyers. They're not going to trade Damian Lillard this offseason. Instead, they're going to try to add pieces to Damian Lillard so even if they didn't hate the Lakers, they're not in sell mode with Damian Lillard right now. He's not going to get traded. All right, Lakers Nation, have you heard about Prize Picks? Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. Prize Picks has the best NBA prop game on the market, bar none. And Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS operator and offers every player and stat category you can think of. Now, look, it's been a tough season, Lakers Nation, but you've stuck it out. And because of that, Prize Picks is going to offer you a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. How incredible is that? All you have to do is use our promo code Lakers Nation. Again, you get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. And this game, it is so easy to play. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's you against the projected numbers. For example, I'm looking at the Pelicans taking on the Sacramento Kings. And this is what I what I really love personally, is that this increases the fun around the NBA. Look, we all know that I live and die with every single Lakers game, but now I can have fun on any NBA game. So the Pelicans and the Kings, a random game towards the end of the season. And I see Damian Jones at 14 and a half points. That's his over under. Well, I love Damian Jones. Everybody knows I wanted him on the Lakers, but I think that's a bit high, especially going up against Steven Adams. I'm going to smash the under on Damian Jones. And then on the flip side, I look across the floor and I see CJ McCollum. 23 and a half point over under. I saw him eviscerate the Lakers. I think he's going to drop more than 23 and a half on the Sacramento Kings. So I'm going to hit the over on that. It is just that easy to play. And this is really cool too. They allow mixed sport entries. So are you a Dodger fan? You could take the over on LeBron James and take the over on Mookie. How cool is that? You can cross sports and put that on the same entry. You can use their award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play, and you can, again, make entries in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals, so don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com. Use that promo code LakersNation or go to your App Store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Uh, Avi B, the loss to the Pelicans on Friday was bad. I have PTSD from that fourth quarter. Agree. Look, if you look at this last, what, seven games, this was the stretch where we said, okay, this is it. Backs are against the wall. The Lakers have to figure out a way to get it done. And they failed. Instead of picking up wins when they absolutely had to, they lost. They lost the same way they have all season. And that's part of what's made this the worst season is we've seen this team have these games where they have been right there, been right there, and then the fourth quarter, they collapse. In the third quarter, they collapse, right? They give the, these huge runs, self-doubt creeps in, and that's it. 
they make a little fake comeback, but they never quite get there. And it winds up being a gut punch because you think, man, they were close. They were right there. And then it just fell to pieces. The game script has been particularly brutal for the Lakers this season as well. It's been hard to watch for Lakers fans. Nick T, if the Lakers can't move Russ this summer, they should simply send him home like Houston did with John Wall. Lakers should have never got rid of JaVale. Well, keep in mind, JaVale is making more than the mid-level or than the veteran minimum. So that would have limited the Lakers' ability to hang on to him. But yes, JaVale would have helped the Lakers. Send him home. So you're saying pay him. Send him home. Say we'll pay you to sit out this season. I don't know if it goes that far, but an interesting idea. I think they would just bring him back into the fold and try to do something there. But Anton, hello, Trevor. Greetings from down under. Uh, welcome in from Australia. Is there really reason to be optimistic for next season? There doesn't seem to be a clear direction to get out of this mess. Well, that's really the question, right? Is what are the Lakers going to do? What path do they take? And I've been saying this is going to be the most important Lakers offseason. This is going to be the offseason that may set them on a path for the next six, seven, eight years because the decisions they make now might involve picks that go out that far. And that can change what they do, not just now, but in the future. The decisions they make now will greatly impact the team moving forward. So it's going to be a very important offseason, but I, I can also say that they're not starting at zero. They're not starting at neutral. They are in the hole here. They're, they're in negative right now. They have to dig their way back out just to get to even and then build a team up from there. So they've dug themselves this hole, and that means they have to bat a 1,000. They've got to get a hit on every move that they make this offseason. There's no margin for error. Same as with this team this year. We said, in order to win games, there's no margin for error. They can't have a cold shooting night from LeBron and still win a game. They're, they're not that quality a team. The previous incarnations of the Lakers could have a bad shooting night from somebody and still win a game. This version of the Lakers had no margin for error the Lakers this offseason, their front office, has no margin for error. They have to get everything right because they're already starting the race 10 yards behind. The moves that they made last offseason set them back that far. Carlos Ramirez, sorry to break it to you, Trevor. Russ is going to be back next season. Oh, Rob Palenka, is that you? He will take a pay cut. LeBron, AD, and Russ already talked about it. Save this. That's not a thing in the NBA not how that works. He's got a $47 million player option. So are you saying that he's going to decline that $47 million player option and take less? That's what he's going to do. Out of the goodness of his heart, he's going to say, no, 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 I don't want $47 million. Give me 10. I don't, I don't see that happening. I, I hope it happens. That would be great. That would help the Lakers out tremendously. I don't see it happening though. Um, we'll see. Maybe they get creative, but if Russ is back, it's back on a $47 million. That's the, by a lot, most likely thing to happen if Russ is back. He's on a $47 million contract, not on some other deal. I still think the Lakers are going to do everything they can to try to move him. We'll see. We'll see what they ultimately do. But I would be surprised if he is, if he is back next year and if it's not on that contract. NGM, I don't have a lot of faith in the front office to turn things around. I mean... Based on what we saw them do this last offseason, I understand why you wouldn't have faith because things got really messed up. Things did not work out. They did not make good moves. Um, we hoped. We tried to be optimistic. We hoped that it would work out, but it didn't. And I mean, look, even the people, even the naysayers who were saying this will never work for the Lakers, they did not predict that the floor would be this low. Even the people who said this was terrible what they did, did not think that this is where the Lakers would be right now, that they wouldn't even make the playoffs. And here we are. This has been about as bad as it possibly could be. Carlos Ramirez says, yes, he will decline the $47 million. Trust me, sources say, Carlos, man, I hope you're right. I hope you are right. Look, if he declines that $47 million deal, there will be a celebration around Lakers Nation. If that happens, I, I, I hope it does. I really do hope you're right. I will. I would be shocked, but I, I hope you're right. Joe said, LeBron averaged 46 points per game since the All-Star break in only our wins, and people in the chat want to trade him. Prediction for our seating without him. Yeah, look, they, they needed LeBron to go nuclear to win games this season. That's exactly what they needed to do. Uh, 
AVB, Monk is great, but but too one-dimensional. One-dimensional, none makes him expendable. Yeah, if none is healthy. If none is healthy, then maybe. Maybe he can take over that role, kind of, fill that void. But that's a big if, right? Kendrick Nunn had a bone bruise that was not projected to keep him out for the season. And yet, here we are. His season is over. So, yeah. Hopefully, he can stay healthy next year. Uh, because if he is, if if Nunn is healthy, he's of value on that contract. Uh, there were a lot of teams around the NBA that were looking at the Kendrick Nunn deal and, and saying, how did the Lakers get that? How did they get this guy for $5 million? How is that possible? If he's healthy next season, he will be a bargain at $5.2 million. But again, that's an if. That's an if. All right. So let's get into this. Obviously, there's no... I don't want to do an award on this one. Don't feel like doing an award. Oh, somebody said... JL, how big are the chances of LeBron joining the Clippers? What if the Clippers draft his son? Well, that would be in 2024. He's pretty much said, whoever drafts my son, I'm going to play for you. I think I think he guaranteed that Bronny is a first-round pick, even if he wasn't on his own merits, and maybe he will be. Um, but LeBron pretty much guarantees just the, the financial ramifications of that. Hey, you get LeBron for the final year of his career. Somebody's going to draft Bronny. That's, that's going to happen. Um, could he be a Clipper? Maybe. If they draft Bronny, maybe. I don't know. I think I think LeBron will stick with what he said. And whoever drafts him, that's where he's going to go play. That's what's going to happen. All right. A few more Super Chats we're going to get through. And then, uh, then we'll get into the Master Lock of the Knights. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Let's see. Jim Mercado said, do the Rambi join the front office post 2020? Uh, all this might've started when they joined. Linda Rambis has been around forever. She's been Jeannie's best friend for decades, decades. So this is not a new thing. AZN Pikachu said, why are the, why do the Lakers just get, why the Lakers want to just get people that have a history with the Lakers instead of finding someone out of the comfort zone? Do they cater to family? That Yeah, they, they stick with people that they're comfortable with. They stick with people that they um, think they can trust. I don't like that approach. I think you're limiting your talent pool when you do that. When you say, oh, we're only hiring from within the family tree, which means coaches, you have to already have a relationship with the Lakers in order to become the Lakers head coach. Um, front office personnel, same thing. I'm not a fan of that approach. I think the Lakers need to break free from that. I think that's old-fashioned. And I think that's um, that's something that needs to change. But right now, the rumor is that's not going to change. That's not going to change. That's what the rumor is right now, that they're going to do the same thing. They're going to continue to bring in people that are within their family tree. All right, we got a few more here. John Davis, Trevor, if you're guaranteed another title and LeBron doesn't commit beyond next year, do you give up the picks? Oh, so if you're you're saying, do you trade the 2027 first and 2029 first? If you're guaranteed whatever move you make with that wins you a championship this year, you do it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If it costs you two firsts, if teams were given the option, you could have two first round picks or an NBA championship. Every single team would say, give me the NBA championship. It's not easy to win championships. 100%. You would do that. You would absolutely do that. And Prominent Surge, Lakers were humbled this season. Been listening to you since you first started with this channel, and I appreciate your therapy sessions next season. Thank you. Appreciate you listening for all that time and, uh, and joining us. 
And I hope that do this does help you guys. It helps me, honestly. Honestly, by the time I'm done with this, I usually feel a little bit better about whatever it was that we just saw. If the Lakers have won, it was exciting. I'm just energized by all of you. And if they lost, I, we get to vent. We get to go through it, talk through it a little bit together. I usually feel a little bit better about the whole thing afterwards. And hopefully it's the same for all of you. Speaking of feeling a little bit better about it, let's talk about the master lock of the night. Our good friend, Chris, the Masterpiece Masters, we use his finishing hold to take whatever was the most frustrating thing from this game. We put it in the master lock. So let me know, those of you who are coming in from YouTube, from Facebook, from Twitter, what should go into the master lock tonight? Somebody said, I love listening to you on Lakers Nation, Trevor. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. I see LeBron in the master lock. I see... Um, oh, all kinds of things. Being, see the Nuggets being put in the master lock? Yep, for sure. Master lock the front office. The Nuggets losing to the Spurs tonight, of course, without, uh, without uh, Murray. Master lock Magic Johnson. That's a good one. Master lock the whole season, Chaco Thunder says. Keep Austin Reeves at all costs. Master lock effort. Matt the Optimist Peralta, just to give him a honorary master lock. He's not with us, but I already know what he would say. Master lock Jay Crowder, because anytime the Lakers play the Suns, Jay Crowder gets a master lock. So we'll do a master lock in Matt Peralta's name. We're master locking Jay Crowder, but I'm going to stick with I'm going to stick with master lock this whole season. Master lock the whole season, because again, it has been the worst season in Lakers history. I think that's probably going to be my master lock for the final few shows here that we do. It's been, it's been absolutely brutal. Absolutely brutal. Uh, when is the Lakers exit interviews? It's usually within a few days of the actual end of the season. So sometime mid next week, we'll be doing that. We'll be doing that. Oh, Carlos Ramirez. AD just said he wants to run it back. I, I'm, I'm not looking at the postgame quotes right now, so I'll have to check that out. Russ declines 47 million, signs a new three-year 64 million. So you want to commit for three more years to Russ. Monk gets paid. We have some money left over to make moves. That's what you're talking about, though, with if you were to take Russ and say, hey, instead of 47 million, why don't we extend you for three years? In theory, that might make it a more movable contract if you're able to get him to do like 20 million per season. On the surface, that sounds unsettling at best, right? Committing three more years to Russell Westbrook. To Russ financially, he would be gambling that getting 60 plus million over three years is more than if you took 47 million this year and then hit free agency for the next two years. It's more money in total. That's why Russ might consider doing that. And for the Lakers, you free up a little bit of space in order to potentially bring back a Malik Monk, give, be able to use the full taxpayer mid-level exception. I'm sorry, the full mid-level exception and not the taxpayer, which would be right around 10 million. And that would then allow you to bring back Malik Monk. That's the thought process behind it. But again, you have to get through that committing three more years to Russell Westbrook. So that's that's a tough pill to swallow if you're the Lakers. I don't I don't know that they go down that route. Uh, LeBron, somebody said, Hale Samuelson said, LeBron gave up on his team and gave up playing defense. I, I think LeBron is legitimately injured. I don't think this is just LeBron saying, I don't feel like playing. I think he's actually hurt. All right, guys. Appreciate all of you for, for joining us here. Obviously, and again, it's been a tough season. You guys are the real ones. You've gutted it out through, again, what has been the worst season in Lakers history. If you're a new fan to the Lakers, you're new to Lakers Nation, hang in there. It gets better. Again, this is the worst season that we have seen. But appreciate all of you who have been joining us night in and night out and getting through it, struggling with us. Uh, I'll finish with this. $10 Super Chat, John Davis. Is Melo back next year? Does he want to be back? Have we heard? We haven't heard. I think it's ultimately going to be determined by, by Mello. Does he want to play or not? If he does and he wants to come back on the veteran minimum, fine. I, I don't have a problem with that. If he wants to ride off into the sunset, that's okay too. He certainly earned that. If Even if he wants to go to another team, it's whatever Mello wants to do at this point. I don't think it's even uh, a thing for the Lakers. Um, I think if he wants to come back, they should bring him back. But otherwise, yeah. And I think if he comes back though, it would have to be with the understanding that, hey, that you might not have steady minutes all the time if we can improve this team. All right, everybody. I appreciate it. 
Oh, so Olive Juice said, where did you get the 824 frame behind you? Um, so there is a guy on Instagram, and I want to make sure that I that I shout them out and I get the account uh, correct on here that makes this stuff. And it's great. I've got another one that I just got for the Showtime Lakers that I actually need to uh, need to hang. It's Concepcion Studios. So you can find them on Instagram, Concepcion, C-O-N-C-E-P-C-I-O-N underscore studios. They've got cut tons of cool prints. I've got another one sitting right over there, a Showtime one that I'm just waiting to, to frame. They do some great work. So go check them out over on, uh, on Instagram. Do some really awesome stuff there. So check that stuff out. Till next time, everybody. Thank you guys so much. No playoffs for the Lakers. It hurts, but thank you guys for hanging in there. Till next time, stay safe and see ya.